I'm tearing up. <laughs> it's just about hate. screamed right now, but I'm not even there. <laughs> now that's inspirational, Natalie. <laughs> I feel inspired today. Part two I, of I, this. Can, I could be here for another hour. <laughs> no. I always go, he winds up homeless on the street. It's my fault. <laughs> I don't know what got into my head, but I thought, I thought this thought, you know, if I'm working year-round, I might as well get paid year-round. <laughs> Sweet Talk is a weekly 20-minute podcast brought to you by the Continuing Education and Workforce Training Division of Idaho State University's College of Technology. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud, and subscribe today. Now, it's time to get started with Sweet Talk. Hello, everyone. This is Jason Batalden, uh, and this is uh, Sweet Talk, uh, this wonderful podcast now into its fourth season. And we have a, not only do we have a wonderful guest today, but something is happening today that hasn't happened in, in a few weeks now, Paul, is we're on, the we're on the show together. Show together. I know, I know. <laughs> uh, because, because of our um, scheduling stuff uh, in the background, uh, Jason and I both uh, had to do solo episodes, which are way harder than our regular episodes. <laughs> Man, I was like desperate to have something to kind of warm. I just couldn't get into the flow. I was like, if I can't tease Paul a little bit, or if I can't, you know, have a random conversation, I don't know. I wasn't sure how to get the thing started. So. Oh, I, you're the one who usually starts. So I was like, oh, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> talking all over myself. And it's like, going, what do I say next? I actually had a, I actually had a little list for me going, make sure to say this. Make sure to say that. Okay. Everyone, you just heard that. The first episode Paul ever prepared himself for. That I, is I, nice. The, the, usually I go to these things cold. I actually, I actually had to do some prep work when I'm by myself. Right on. <laughs> hey, uh, we got to take care of a little housekeeping business here, and we got to throw some plugs out. Uh, everyone, first of all, do not forget uh, that our construction combine, our annual construction combine, is happening this March, 30 and 31. Um, be sure to check uh, if you're interested and want to know more about that, check out the website constructioncombine.org, O-R-G, um, and that's all spelled out, Construction Combine. And uh, that's an exciting event. We're super excited about um, all the participants as well as uh, the contractors and, uh, of course, Home Depot stepping up. So uh, please get a hold of that. Also in April, April 28, 29, and 30th, we have uh, the Emergency Medicine Conference. Um, and so you're going to want to go on our website and check out the Emergency Medicine Conference um, or just Google it, Emergency Medicine Conference, uh, Pocatello or ISU, and you'll get all sorts of wonderful information about that if you're, uh, and this is a great event. This is a fantastic event. A lot of good stuff goes on there. So we definitely want that to happen. Now, with that out of the way today, Paul, we have a really cool guest today. Excellent. Very good. So I'm going to introduce Melissa Hartman. Um, she is the Bannock County Veterans Service Coordinator, and she is here today to talk to us about what she does and what's going on in, in our area for veterans. And so welcome to the show, Melissa. Welcome. Thanks, Jason. Thanks, Paul. Appreciate being invited. Yeah. Um, so can we, we'll just have to start right at the beginning, Melissa. Sure. What does a veteran service coordinator do in Bannock County? 
I do whatever a veteran wants or needs. <laughs> <laughs> Love the answer. Great. And next. That's <laughs> next, it. That's next, it. next question, um, please. <laughs> so, you know, I have I have done everything from balance of a World War II veterans checkbook back in the day when there wasn't an app for that um, <laughs> to to help them maneuver through the muddy water that is the VA, you know, so mm -hmm. veteran benefits are, are vast and there's a lot, um, but unfortunately they were created by Congress and well, therein lies the problem, right? Yeah, the, oh, system is, the system might be a little bit cumbersome. Is that what you're alluding to? A tiny, a tiny bit, a tiny <laughs> bit. Yeah. When they have something that really works well, they fix it for us. So that it's broken again. <laughs> oh, that, I love that. That is yeah. great. Yeah. Um, so, so I help veterans just get their benefits, apply, reassure them. Um, I'm kind of the pivot point for all, all veteran stuff, you know, I've been doing this for about 22 years. Mm -hmm. So the answer is sometimes I know stuff that you want to know that I don't know you need it until you ask. Does that make sense? No, it does. Uh, no, no. I, I mean, I, I imagine that uh, when someone uh, leaves, is discharged from military service and they're, you know, out on the, in the world, they might not be aware of everything that's um, that they can get for benefits. Um, and they might not even know where to start um, as far as benefits are, that are available to them. Uh, you know, absolutely, Paul, that that's probably one of the things that the Department of Defense has tried to fix. Um, and they do offer programs, they're called TAP classes. So they're like transitional assistance program. So when a veteran's getting ready to discharge, they'll go through a TAP class. So if you can imagine um, having all of your benefits thrown at you at once, knowing that you're about to get out, you don't retain any of that. And even worse, if we have a veteran who just came home from a deployment and they've been gone for 12 months and their wife's on the other side of the room and they're getting all of this stuff, they're not paying attention to anything at all um, right. that's being said, you know, because they just want to get home. They just want right. to be done. Right. So, Absolutely. So 22 years, uh, you've been on the job. So I imagine like, um, no wonder, um, you've probably had to do a little bit of it, just about everything in order to assist veterans. Um, but I, I guess my question is, um, was this just, if you don't mind sharing a little bit, how did you get started doing this? Uh, are you yourself a veteran or do you have special connection or was like, well, uh, this seems like a good thing to do, or, you know, where did, where did how you, did, how did this happen? This? Well, it, I'm, I'm saying at some point you must be there 22 years. You fell in love with the job, if I can uh, assume that. So was it from right from the beginning or did you have to learn it? <laughs> you know, it's interesting. Cause my, when I first started in the, in veteran world, I actually worked for the state in the veterans advocacy office. And our, our office was based at the Veterans Nursing Home here in Pocatello. Mm -hmm. And you know what? You just don't work there without falling in love. There you go. Absolutely don't. And, and I would spend my lunch breaks playing cards with people <laughs> who had made history. Can you imagine playing pinochle with history makers? 
<laughs> Very good. I like that you played Pinochle. Nobody plays that anymore. Hey, I've played it before. I've played it before. I gave Jackson someone and he nearly killed me. <laughs> um, so, so, uh, you know, a lot of people go to your um, organization to find out what benefits are available to them. But uh, you, before we started the podcast, you mentioned your office is at the university um, mm -hmm. here at Idaho State University. So I would imagine a lot of um, interaction is people looking for their educational benefits. Well, so that's interesting. That's interesting, right? How does the county end up at the university? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so... The county, it's no secret, the county has had um, space issues. And so in about 2012, when um, ISU created their veteran sanctuary, I don't know if you remember that process. So I was part of it. And um, in that process, I started doing an outreach here at the university to help veterans get their education benefits and get everything lined out and help them with their other things. But here on campus, you guys have an incredible tool. His name is Carrie Larson. He's incredible. Um, it makes it so I don't really have to know the education stuff so much anymore because <laughs> Carrie's the greatest at it. Mm -hmm. um, so, but what had happened was when the county realized that they needed space for me and the university was just developing this, the veteran sanctuary, the president wanted to talk to the commissioners about how they could go about hiring someone like me here at the university to help veterans. And um, I think the commissioners were a little worried that I would move from the county to the state. And they said, hey, you know what? We got this great idea. Uh, and the president and the commissioners at the time um, got together and they did a plan where I would have a space at the university that would be my full-time spot. And in return for the space, I would see any student at ISU regarding, regardless of where, what county they lived in. Um, and so it gave me a little bit more work to do, um, but I get a little bit of support from the university. And so that's how I ended up here. And so interestingly enough, education benefits aren't the main thing that I work with. ISU has an incredible education department for veterans. Um, they have, they have absolutely, they are like top tier, gold tier of what uh, veterans can look for, for benefits at, for university, for higher education. Got the veteran trio program here on campus. Um, the, there's a student veterans of America club here that does just great things. And then now the veteran, what used to be the veteran sanctuary is, is now, um, has been rebranded and is now the Veteran Student Service Center and all military connected veterans. So the ROTC program, I mean, everything's kind of co-located up here and it's, it, it's just a great opportunity. Um, but because the education program for veterans at ISU is so great, I really just mainly focus on their healthcare, their compensation, their home loans, all of the extra things that the VA has because there are a lot of extra things. You know, I, I guess that was kind of my, I, I, I think this is not a very good question, but remember, I'm not a professional interviewer, <laughs> but in 22 years on the job, do, are the needs of the veterans um, over that 22 years, ha have the needs of the veterans when they come out changed? Um, are you seeing different types of needs or um, are you 
is it all is pretty much the same thing? Uh, for the most part, it's the same thing, um, but there are what the VA calls signature wounds, right? So okay. Vietnam veterans, we had Agent Orange and all that comes with that. Yep. Um, yeah. Oh, right. Go for guys. So Desert Storm, Desert Shield guys. Yeah. Um, they have their signature wounds, which are undiagnosed illnesses. So go for illness, um, those kinds of things that happen. Mm -hmm. And then our, our younger guys. So interestingly enough, go for is still happening, right? It's still the same declaration of war that happened in 1990. Right. Oh, Still today, it's the same declaration we're under. Right. Um, so, so these Operation Iraqi Freedom and, and Enduring Freedom veterans, those guys, um, their signature wound right now today is traumatic brain injuries. Now, it doesn't oh. mean that our older veterans didn't have them because they did. If they were lucky enough to live, to survive the event, right? Right. That's the difference. Today, we have enough equipment and gear that they're living through the event, but we're giving them shaken baby syndrome, right? Right, right, right. So, so that's what we see a lot of, a lot of traumatic brain injuries right now. And then burn pits, particulate matter, um, yeah. you know, stuff like that. So we're seeing a lot of guys come back with respiratory issues. Um, yeah. So yeah. It's, it's interesting to see how the dynamic is happening. Um, and then of course, Post-traumatic stress disorder is absolutely nothing new. World War II veterans, they just called it something different, right? right Battle right. fatigue or shell, shell shock. shock. And, yeah. and yep, PTSD was a, a term that was coined probably in 99, 2000 sometime. Um, and it just, it became more and more prevalent. And they realized what they had going on. Right. Um, so that's always there. And almost everybody who serves has hearing loss and ringing in their ears. I don't know one veteran who can ever say, oh, gee, I don't have any ringing in my ears. And if they do say that, it's because they had it in the beginning, but their hearing loss is so bad now they don't hear it anymore. Right. <laughs> so. Right. Right. And so, yeah, the, the in, so what I'm hearing, it, it makes sense, right? The injuries are similar. But uh, maybe the diagnosis of those injuries has gotten uh, more refined, more specific, mm -hmm. um, based on probably the treatment too, right? Um, um, because probably. the treatment the treatment has gotten more refined and more specific for some of those injuries. So, um, yeah, I, 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 I don't know. That so, was um, where I went on that. So um, a lot of these veterans that are coming back with PS, uh, PTSD. PTSD, um, are you finding that they have an increased, um, uh, uh, their, uh, I guess, substance dependency or substance abuse? Do you see an increase in that compared to, you know, the uh, regular population? Of course, you know, anybody with, um, so how do I word this? <clears throat> substance abuse um, comes actually out of kind of a relief process right? right so it's like a solution for people a coping mechanism a coping mechanism right. things that they can do themselves right mm -hmm. i might not be able to go get a, a zoloft without going into a doctor and saying hey i'm having a rough day you think i need a zoloft right but i can go pick up a beer mm -hmm. i can numb that mm -hmm. well what happens is it works right? right right it works until it doesn't work anymore right 
And when that substance abuse converts itself from a very casual, gosh, I had a bad day, I'll have a glass of wine with dinner and maybe leave a half a glass sitting on the table, converts to I'm having that glass, I'm finishing everybody else's drink at the table, I'm going home to my two bottles there. Because all of a sudden, whatever switches from being a normal relief process into an addiction. Now, that process isn't any different for anybody in in the country, right? Regardless of what your situation is, if you're going to be if you're going to have an addiction, that's going to happen. Right. The difference is a veteran might drink for that relief. So they're more likely to drink for that relief Mm -hmm. because it works until it doesn't. Well, so does, the, the other side of that coin too, though, right, is that, you know, then if you address uh, the the use issue of whatever it is, drinking, um, you're still left with the um, originating um, issue, which is, um, you know, whatever, whatever is, whether it's pain, whether it's physical, whether it's psychological, um, you know, so you, there's that double component that um, you have to be aware of, right, that the, that the addiction uh, is problematic and becomes so destructive, even to the point of death. Oh, um, absolutely. But on the, so I'm not minimizing that, but the truth of the matter is you still have the underlying precipitating issues that have to be addressed, even if you are able to um, work through some of the addiction stuff. So absolutely, it, it, Jason. it's a, it's a double, things. yeah, so, it's co-occurring. Correct. So, and I, I would imagine that, um, you know, uh, people, uh, veterans suffering from PTSD who also have a substance abuse also now can't, are having trouble finding or maintaining gainful employment as well. Well, some can, if their, if their condition has increased to that severity. I mean, ideally the goal is, is that we, we capture them early enough that we can kind of slow that process. Right. Mm -hmm. So my experience being here, you know, is much different than because I did not serve. So, and we asked that question earlier and I failed to answer the whole question. I have not served in the military, but my husband served in the military, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so my experiences are different than his. He has a combat experience. So for him, if there's trash on the side of the road, that's life or death because that's his perception. Mm-hmm. For me, if there's trash on the side of the road, I'm just right. thinking, man, people are pigs. Right, <laughs> right, right. Um, so when you take those two different life experiences, that's what happens. That's right the difference. Yep. So, um, you know, uh, some of the services you provide, obviously, is uh, there's the educational benefits that a veteran get can get. Uh, there's also... Um, uh, mortgage benefits, is that correct? Sure. There's a or, VA home loan that veterans can be eligible for. Um, that's really, that is really kind of beneficial to people. Uh, it controls the interest rate. So you still have to have good credit. Okay. The VA is not just going to guarantee you with bad credit score. You're not going to walk in with a 435 and go, gee, I served. Can I please get a, a home loan for 400 grand? That's not going to happen. Um, They do, because the VA does um, guarantee a home loan, banks will go out on a limb a little bit. Now, the VA says they will will back a loan with a credit score of 580, but 
most banks, at least in our area, they're looking at a 640 minimum. Sometimes they'll go a 620 if the conditions are right, um, but they usually won't. I, I don't think I've ever heard a bank go down to a 580, but the VA would back a 580. Mm -hmm. so, now, also you... Uh... Uh, provide uh, obviously the health benefits. Um, uh, huge, right? Right, huge. Uh, I I I I know plenty of uh, veterans, and they all utilize the the uh, the VA health benefits. Uh, could you just talk about that just a little bit? Sure. So the VA, so the VA is broken into three different departments, right? Veteran Benefit Administration, the Veteran Health Administration, and the National Cemetery Administration. Mm -hmm. So when we talk about healthcare, we're talking about where you go to get your prescriptions, your doctor visits, your specialty clinics, your hearing aids, right? In some cases, some veterans are eligible for optical and for dental um, through the VA. Um, so the VA has it categorized into eight different priority groups. So unfortunately, not all people who served in the military are eligible for VA healthcare. Not a lot of people know that, but it's just signing on the dotted line isn't enough. Um, you have to meet some other parameters to be eligible. And unfortunately, one of the biggest ones in it is income. So if you have served in the military and you've been really successful, well, guess what? If you don't have any of the other qualifiers, you didn't serve in a theater of combat, you're not service connected for a condition, um, you might not be eligible. And that's yeah. what you do is you, you help people navigate all of that stuff. Correct. And that's where we come almost full circle back to the beginning of conversation where the cumbersomeness, yeah. <laughs> if that's a word it of is, the system yeah. itself requires, requires um, assistance, right? It requires help. It requires someone who kind of work through that a little bit. Absolutely. And, and I certainly don't know all of it. And there are some times when I'm like, you know what, I haven't dealt with that in a while. So I'm going to have to research it and make sure the rules are still the same because right, right. the rules change all the time. They do. Yeah. That they do. That they so do. I imagine you have a different level of use of your services. Um, you have maybe some veterans that you maybe never see come into your, uh, into your, your, your place, but I bet you probably have some veterans that you are kind of like family there that shows up all the time. I, I have, I have to admit, I have adopted a few. It, it's horrible <laughs> scenario for me, but um, uh, I, I do, I do have a few veterans out there who will refer to me as mom now. Now, before they would call me their daughter, their granddaughter, right? Now yeah. they're calling me mom. I don't really know, but it's okay. I'm good with it. <laughs> That's right. Now, um, we, we talked about the big um, veterans, but can you tell me maybe a couple of um, veterans uh, uh, that we might not be aware of that, um, that veterans can, can uh, utilize veterans that? Benefits, Paul? Benefits, yeah. Veteran benefits. The two big things that veterans come in and ask for from the Veteran Benefit Administration. So it's different than the Veteran Health Administration, right? This is the Veteran Benefit Administration. The two big things that they come into my office to ask for, one is for compensation and one is for pension. So if we take the compensation piece first, that is for veterans who have a disability that was a result of their active duty military service, okay? So they have to have a firmly diagnosed condition that's disabled, disabling today, a verifiable event while on active duty, the condition must be considered chronic in nature, and they need to have a medical opinion that connects the first two things together. So the diagnosis to the event, right? Right. Anything can be service connected if those four criteria are met. 
Now, the other part of that is a pension piece. It's very simple, but complicated all at the same time. Because if you're broke and you have no money, it's easy. If you have a little bit of money, then we've got a whole different scenario, right? Right on. Right on. But um, this pension is paid to war era veterans. So it's very specific. You have to have served during a period of war. Now, not in theater. You don't have to have gone to war. Right. You just have to. You could have been right here in, in Idaho serving during a period of war to be eligible for this benefit. But the challenge with it is, is that there are three tiers. There's a regular base rate, a housebound rate, and an aid and attendance rate. Well, unfortunately, some companies have found that they can market a, they can market pension with help, with aid and attendance, and they don't charge the veteran, or sometimes they do charge the veteran, and they tell them, hey, we can get you 25 grand if you serve during a period of war. You should apply. Well, it's not quite that easy. Um, but it can be, especially if medical expenses are catastrophic. And that's usually when veterans are accessing this benefit is when their medical expenses are through the roof. And if you're paying $60,000 a year from, for a nursing home, wow, your, your medical expenses are catastrophic. That's right. Right, right on. So, so, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean oh, to cut you off. So that's there. when we apply for that benefit is, is it that, but mm -hmm. there are, there are some companies who will access it through a private firm. So I work for a government entity and there's a state entity that does advocacy, but then there are private advocacy offices too. Um, and those will charge a fee, usually like a pro bono attorney, you know, where if you recoup some money, we'll, we'll take it off the top. And that's where you have to be careful. It's not illegal for the companies to do that. The VA has opened it up and allows it. It just scares me. To be honest, because I'm old, right? And I've done this for 22 years. And in my mind, I'm like, why are we charging a veteran to access benefits they've already earned? You know, right. they're paying right. taxes. Dang it, they pay my wages through those. Right. Um, right. So, so it's a different scenario, right? Right. Not wrong. Not bad. Just, just not. A, not. I'm not a fan of it. Right. Right, right on. Well, we. I, I know the rest of you didn't hear it, but our timer went off. But I think it's absolutely important, uh, Melissa, that you let us know and let our audience know how people can get a hold of you. Um, obviously, it's a vital service you provide. You have um, a vast amount of experience and knowledge, um, and we definitely want individuals who need your help to get a hold of you. So how, do, how can they do that? Sure. So you can reach me by phone up here at the university. So that number is 208-282-4245. You can shoot me an email. Sometimes this is better to get me right at the email. My email address is M-E-L-I-S-S-A-H at bannockcounty.us. And that's Bannock's, Bannock County spelled all out. Mm -hmm. um, those are the two best ways to get me. I do offer a Zoom walk-in, a virtual Zoom session. You know, the one thing about COVID is it's made it so we can all do yep. things virtually now. Yep. Um, so every Tuesday from 1.30 to 3.30, I pop into my Zoom room and I'm just hanging out waiting for veterans to uh so it's like an open house. It is like an open there house. Okay, there, there you go. go. It's perfect. Um <laughs> and, and it's private. So I have a waiting room set up. So you come into the waiting room and as soon as your turn is in to get in, you just pop in. We take care of you and you go out just like you'd walked into the office. So 
For people who aren't familiar with Zoom, I can email you a link. But if you are familiar with Zoom, I go into my personal Zoom room number and it's 881-203. I don't want to make this wrong. So 203. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll get that. Yeah, we'll get that um, information and yeah. we'll have that in all, all the links. Um, uh, send, me that, post. send me the, your email address, your phone number, and that Zoom link, and we'll be sure to put it in the description, Melissa. Wonderful. Thanks, guys. That's, I that's no that. problem. Okay. Hey, so, I think we need to have Melissa back. Well, I don't think we covered all the things <laughs> that we need to cover. I, I, so. I feel I feel we do, I feel we just got a sprinkle. I feel yeah. we just got a sprinkle. There's a few more so. things we can talk about. So well, I, I'm, uh, I'm happy to talk about anything. Um, you know, so just feel free. Very good. Excellent. Thank you. Excellent. Thank you. Um, so before we sign off, obviously, um, if you uh, want to get a hold of. Uh, us and help you get a hold of Melissa, or if you just want to get a hold of us and uh, figure out what we, we do and things we can help, 208 282 3372 is our phone number. Um, email us at cetrain at isu.edu. That is cetrain at isu.edu. Um, and be sure to check out our website. Same thing at cetrain.isu. Uh, Edu. Yeah, I, boy, that was confusing. Um, yeah, I've only been doing this for four seasons. You'd think I'd have uh, it down by now. Uh, I, yeah. I wasn't going to say anything. But... <laughs> I know. All right. <laughs> Melissa, thank you for being on the show. Yes, thank, thank you so much. Time.